and welcome to the Cry Baby Book Club Podcast. If you're a new club member, I suppose an introduction is in order. Hi, my name is Theola, and I guess what you need to know about me is that I am a crybaby. And I like to think of myself as a very proficient crybaby. <laughs> and by that, I mean crying and getting emotionally attached and invested to books and fictional characters comes very easily to me. Thus, this podcast was born. So, in each episode of the Crybaby Book Club podcast, I will be conducting a book club session where we'll do all the things book clubs do, like talk about our favorite parts in the book, gush about our favorite characters, discuss bits we didn't really enjoy, talk about quotes that really hit home, and most especially, in Crybaby Book Club fashion, we'll unashamedly reveal which parts of the book made us cry. Now before we jump into today's book session, here are a few reminders for all Crybaby Book Club members. Number one, to keep this podcast open to all, there will be a short spoiler-free book discussion at the beginning of the podcast. Just enough to get you interested to get yourself a copy. After our spoiler-free book discussion, the rest of the episode will be a deep dive into our chosen book. And when I say the rest of the episode, I mean 90% of this book session will be an in-depth discussion about our chosen book. So to all those who haven't read the book we're talking about today, I'll make sure to give you a cue to hit pause, get yourself a copy of the book, finish it, and find your way back here. No pressure. Take your time. This episode is not going anywhere. Number two, I'm not a critic, so don't expect a book review. I'm not going to tell you if this book is good or bad. I'm just going to tell you about what it made me feel. I'm not really qualified to say which books are good or bad. I'm not a literature major or a PhD holder or a best-selling author. I'm only an expert at being a complete softie. Now that's about it for Club Memos. Thank you so much for joining today's book club session. No water signs were harmed in the making of this podcast. At least permanently. Get yourself a box of tissues and your copy of today's chosen book and let's begin. Welcome to the Cry Baby Book Club podcast, everybody. Oh my God, this episode, I am just so beyond excited because this is the first episode we're going to have a guest. I mean, I'm going to have a guest with me. I'm not going to be a lone wolf anymore. And I'm just so ecstatic at who I am with today. She's the perfect first guest for me because I literally started my reunion to reading with her. Like literally at the start of the year, we started a book club together and then next thing you know, I'm starting a book pod. She's starting her book too, which I'm so excited about. She'll talk about it later. This lady is a very special lady in my life because she is my soulmate. She's my other half. I always tell people that, oh yeah, she she's just the nicer and smarter version of me. <laughs> which is so true. She is... Uh, this is just me declaring my love for her, basically. But she is literally like, when I think about safe space, she's my girl. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I always have trouble with 
sharing like the things that I love or the weird things I get into. <laughs> I'm already crying. Anyways, I always have trouble like sharing the things I love, like fangirling about this book or this show or something like that because so many times in my life I've been shot down by people that I even sometimes love or you know are close to. But with her, I know that when there's something that I really love and enjoy, she will literally like rally with me and like enjoy that with me. And like, it's a safe space. There's no judgment when it comes to her. And I'm so glad that we read this book together. And that's why this book means so much to me also at the same time. (laughs) Without further ado, my best friend, Miss Sophia Santelises. Welcome to the show. Grabe ka naman. Wow, that introduction was so... Oh my gosh. Are we crying already? Yes, I am crying. I feel like I needed to talk about you more. I love you, I love you know, you. girl. I love you. I have no shame, like, shouting that to the rooftops. I am so happy to be here with you right now. Ah! Wow, we're so <laughs> sentimental. Wow. We are. Like, honestly, I feel like on Instagram... And everywhere. And people are just so sick of seeing us just being like, I love you, Sophia. Yes. I love you, <laughs> Yes. Yes. That's so true. And I'm just like, you know what? Whatever. We will just express our love for each other unconditionally. Let's give them a history about our relationship. Oh, God. So, like, we have been friends since grade... Not friends. Not officially. We've known each other since grade four. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. Grade four. We were classmates. Mm-hmm. We weren't talking when we were grade four. But at some point, like when we became busmates, like first year high school. We've just been flailing together since high school, haven't we? Yes. What did we fangirl about? First, we fangirled about... One Direction. Yes. The beginnings of our fangirl friendship is in One Direction. Like we skipped our graduation and we went to the One Direction concert when they were here in the Philippines. And we were in our graduation coats. Yes. And our priorities were well sorted back then. Yes. Like the problem was Fifi is like S. Like they have to call <laughs> the diplomas by like <laughs> alphabetical. And I was like Destura and she was like Santa Lises. So I was done. I had to wait for Santa yeah, to wait for me to get my <laughs> diploma before we walked out of that ceremony together. And the moment she got it, we just drove yep. to Moa. That was it. That was the start. And that is also the reason why I actually started calling her Boo Bear. So if you like see me call someone Boo Bear, that is like That's specifically just, just for Sophia Just Santa mine. Lisa's. Yeah. And the origins of that is because Harry and Louis. Yeah. Harry and Louis. <laughs> From One Direction. This is so embarrassing. Yeah. No, I think... Was it just Louis? I think yeah. it no, was... No, no, Harry. It was it Harry, was Harry to Louis. Calling Louis. Yep, yeah. Boo Harry Bear. would call Louis Boo Bear. And then from that point on, I changed your name on my phone to Boo Bear. Yep. You changed my name to Haza. To Haza. But yep. Haza never stuck. We both were just Boo Bear. Yeah. Our origin <laughs> story. Her origin story. And then we also even went to like the Ed Sheeran concert together. Yeah, we went to the Ed Sheeran before we went to the... Yes, and they were both like literally, they were both like barricades. Yeah, we were both on the barricade. That is how crazy we are. (laughs) We're so crazy. I feel like we're not expressing how crazy we are right now. (laughs) No, we're not. We're not. We're not. You guys have no idea how crazy we both can be together combined. 
It's chaotic. In a room, we can feel the emotions for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Know? That's yeah. true. And that and is very true. We're also both the mom friends. Yes. And your mother, speaking of moms, your mother, I love how she's like, when you're loud, she just knows you're talking to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's always like, oh, si Theola na naman. Talking to her, okay, fine. Tone it down. Yeah. We just were meant to find each other. There is this line. Oh my God. Can I just find this line from Evelyn Hugo, actually? That's like perfectly encapsulates what I feel about you. We also read that book together, by the way. Yeah, we read that book together. Um, Let me look for it. And I read it. I was like, that's me and Fifi. So there was this line where Evelyn was talking about Harry. And she said, If there were all different types of soulmates, I told Harry one afternoon, when the two of us were sitting out on the patio with Connor, then you are one of mine. Yun lang naman. Oh my Because <laughs> it's true, like, soulmates, I feel like they shouldn't be as exclusive to, like, romantic love. But yeah, I'm just declaring to the world now that you're my soulmate, so. Yeah, I don't, also, I don't think I can find anyone else like Theola in this world honestly I'm not being like I'm not being like sentimental it's just true like this is not you can't find this anywhere else I feel the same way like I can fully be myself with Fifi so yeah this this isn't about six of girls this is about our friendship no this is yeah (laughs) sorry guys that was our short history of our friendship short that was short that was just like one percent of our our friendship that was us holding ourselves back (laughs) it is Anyways, that's what you need to know about me and Fifi. You are already a member of the Crime Baby yes. Book Club immediately. But then we have to do this initiation for all guests. Okay. But it's oh a pretty gosh. simple question. So for your Crybaby Book Club member initiation, I need you to answer this question. So when was the last time you cried because of a book? Oh, that's easy. I was just reading it a while ago. <laughs> oh, you were just... Yeah, today, today. Guys today as we speak i was reading um i actually just finished the book um it's called the bride test by Ooh. helen huang I'm a sure romance yes a romance it was so angsty <gasps> brought angsty. tears to my eyes it was good wow. it was good you really cried i cried like i it wasn't like a like a you know it's not a crooked kingdom chapter 49 no chapter 39 <laughs> That's not, nope. It's the type of, it's the angsty cry. That the, okay. that your tears just water. Yeah. And suddenly it's just like pouring down your face. And then your heart is just clenching yes. painfully. Oh, Deliciously. Yes. Deliciously. You know. yes. Deliciously. Deliciously. Yeah. It's, it's good. good cries. Good cries. Mm, good cries. That's good. So yeah, there you go. You are officially a member. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be but here. But again, she has always been like from the very start. I think like I was starting to do this whole idea of like the Crybaby Book Club. Like January pub 2021. And it was supposed to be like a booktube. And then she really witnessed. She was the one who witnessed like how it evolved from like a booktube to a book pod to me being like, Fifi, I don't know if I can do this. And she as my Gryffindor <laughs> BFF. It's like, (laughs) I really, I get mad at her so much. I like, I yell. I send all of those knife telegrams. (laughs) But I need it. I need her in my life. I'm a Hufflepuff, so I am not as like fired up. I'm a creature of habit. I like comfort zones. (laughs) 
But that's why I need her in my life. Anyways, let's let's go to the to the book we're talking about. This is the Crybaby Book Club podcast. So today we are talking about the book that is so meaningful to each other because we started it together. We started the series together and blindly, like we had no idea zero that our lives would change forever. <laughs> After reading this book, we were like, okay, let's just read this. Let, let's just read it because the Netflix show is coming soon, the bus. So let's read it now. Carrie yeah. talks about it all the time. So we decided to read this for our February book assignment. We have a book club together and it is Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo if you haven't read the title already. And ooh, 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 ooh. okay, ha ha ha. <laughs> Let's keep it calm and collected. We gotta cry at the end of the podcast, not yes. now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Just like a disclaimer to everybody, you know, just don't expect us to be extremely put together and, you know, intellectual. No. And, um, and coherent. This is the Crybaby Book Club. This is not the, the <laughs> sound mind book club. The, <laughs> no. Nope. The we're, we're nope. sane book club. Um, no, this is nope. the Crybaby Book Club. So allow us to just be galat or messy, as they say. So yeah, there we go. Let's give a synopsis to the people about Six of Crows. This is the part of the podcast which is spoiler-free. So Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo is a spin-off to the Shadow and Bone trilogy, of course, by the same author. And it is about six young criminals united by one common goal. And that is to pull off the most dangerous heist of all time in the history of the Grishaverse. That's a lot to say. Anyways, the six yes. criminals. Bravo. <laughs> the six criminals tasked to break into this impenetrable fortress in a foreign land filled with uptight, burly, blonde people <laughs> are first, Kaz Brecker, the leader of the Crows, bastard of the barrel, criminal prodigy, then we have Inej Gaffa, the Wraith, a chaotic good assassin for the dregs, but mostly the right-hand gal of Kazbrecker. Then we have Nina Zenik, Heartrender, Grisha, patron saint of girls who are too loud and too big and too much, aka us. <laughs> then we have Matthias Helvar, Fjerdan soldier who's supposed to hunt Grisha but fell in love with one. Oopsies. Then we have Jesper Fahi, our beloved sharpshooter. And in my opinion, the soccer of the group. He brings a lot of comedic value to the book. And lastly, we have Wylan Van Eck, our demo boy with a privileged past. So these six characters make up the Six of Crows and also make up our whole lives. <laughs> our whole personality. It revolves around this. <laughs> these past few months. That is the synopsis. If you haven't read the book and you love that, <laughs> if you loved all that, definitely pick it up. But to convince you more, me and Fifi are going to read our Goodreads review like after reading the book. Because I think this was a point in our lives where we just read the first book. And I think, you know, what really 
puts the nail on the coffin with this whole thing is finishing it with Crooked Kingdom. And please, if you're listening and you want to add me on Goodreads, it's just goodreads.com slash Viola <laughs> So I said, I grew up on fantasy, Harry Potter, Percy Jackson, etc. And this really feels like coming home. I'm so invested in the characters and the world and the story. And this book really awakened the fangirl in me because as soon as I finished reading, I reopened my Tumblr, which is also Fifi's fault. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, get on Tumblr. Get on Tumblr. Yes. It's the place to be. Yeah, it is. It's it, it's still alive, guys, if you're wondering. And it's still wonderful, especially if you really are a fangirl at heart. But yeah, I reopened my Tumblr account and I even made... Okay, I don't think I should say that because that's a spoiler. <laughs> I made a side blog for a certain pairing. Yeah, it's a spoiler. Because I was inspired to write fanfics again. It's that level, you guys. I thought I retired the fangirl life, but this just brought <laughs> me back. Nope. There's no... Actually, there's no retiring it. It's really just... It has a grip. It has a way of coming back. It has a way of coming back. And I postponed it for so long. Like, my comeback. <laughs> comeback? Well, my comeback. <laughs> So now it's really hitting me extremely hard with the energy of a thousand suns. Anyways, that's my Goodreads review. Oh my I am interested to hearing yours. My Goodreads review. Oh my god. Okay. So, oh my god. This was just, I feel like I wrote this for it to be like an elevator pitch to like anybody. I wrote this. We just finished our book club session. Yeah. And then I was like, I need people to read this. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote fantasy, mystery, heist, action, mutual pining, magic, ridiculously amazing world building, adventure, enemies to lovers. If all of those and more appeal to you, then you have to pick up this book. Wow, PR team. <laughs> <laughs> we are. I've been acting like the PR team. I always thought. YA fantasies were way beyond my age, but boy, was I wrong. It is my home where I take shelter. It is in my blood. I fell in love with these six misfits right off the bat, and I have to get my hands on Crooked Kingdom now. There. That's my that's my Goodreads reviews. So dramatic, no? You already <laughs> had Crooked Kingdom. Yes. Fun fact about Sophia Sandalises. She, I share this with her. <laughs> So it's not just me. She can't live with herself if the book on her TBR is not near her. <laughs> like if Hey it, now. <laughs> hey now, you say this like it's just me. I understand it. Because like I literally can't sit still or like think straight if like the book, the next book that I want to read is not in my vicinity. Yep. So she she definitely already had that Crooked Kingdom copy. Yeah. Especially like mid-read. Mid-read, I was hooked. So I was like, this can't get any better. I have to get the second. So yes, those are our Goodread reviews. I feel like even if we went through this together, this book means like different things to you know us as individuals. Mm-hmm. So what does this book like mean to you, Miss Sophia Santalises? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> well, I guess, like I've said, it kind of returned me to my favorite genre, even if it's a book that I've never read before and even if we dived into it unknowingly and like not knowing what it was about, it still felt so familiar. Like the writing, the setting, the universe that was was full of adventure and magic. 
it was so familiar. So I guess it just feels like, oh my god, this is so cheesy. No, it's fine. It feels like home. Yes. <laughs> no, we we have literally the same word for it. Right. Yeah. It it feels like home, and college kind of took out the bookworm, the me. magic in us. And <laughs> Yeah, the magic. Like, I guess adulthood also because now that we're working yeah. and like trying to, to find our place in the world. Yeah. This book kind of put my feet back on the ground if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah. Like, it, it's supposed to transport you to a different world. But like, for me, it just kind of reminded me that it's okay, Sophia. You can just go with the flow oh. and, and, and relish the adventure that is out there waiting for you. So yeah, it really felt like that. True. Like, I love that you relish it. Because like, as I was reading Six of Crows, I was like, it was like a unique point of my life. Because this was like that point where I'm reading this for the first time. You know, like when people say like, I wish I could just read it again for the first time. And I was like, when I was realizing like a little bit into the book i was like this book is going to like be my whole life like i just had a feeling mm-hmm. it is yeah, oh my god when yes. people see like for example the love of their lives and be like i'm gonna marry this person one day i was yes. like <laughs> reading with it i was like this book is going to change my life and yep. i completely yep. relished completely relished in like every single page of this book i just Mm-hmm. savored it like I love that line with Matthias he was like that's what I love about Nina she was she savors every bite something Sa- like yeah. that yes oh my god I'm gonna cry <laughs> Nina's appetite for food is my appetite for this book I feel like this book kind of told me to like Fifi it's okay to like slow down with a growing up you know Aww. how after you graduate college you're kind of like oh I have to work oh no I have to make money oh no I have to yeah. take things seriously and act like an adult this book was kind of like you know what you can slow down take it one at a time <gasps> childlike wonder yeah like the wonder is back into my eyes like I, I see things you know magically again Yes, it literally gave us life. Yes, it did. <laughs> it it resurrected us. For me naman, how it means to me, like, perfectly. It's like, it is like a homecoming yes. to fantasy. Because we also shared that, besides, like, fangirling over One Direction, we also fangirled over, like, Harry Potter and Percy Jackson, especially. I was a big Percy Jackson girl. And we're fantasy girls through and through. That's our home base. Home base. But we've lost our way a little bit. And I'm so glad that we found our way back to like, you know, we came home to this genre. It like really like warmly embraced you. (laughs) You know, it was like, calm, welcome home. It was like a breath of fresh air and it like pulled you by the hand and brought you to these like crazy adventures and amazing characters. And like this book appeased my soul Mm -hmm. so much. Like it satisfied all my yearnings, gave me everything I ached for. When it comes to fantasy and YA. Yes. And the magic I feel of the book is really the characters, you know. It's such a character-driven story also. It is. And like for me, the best thing about this book is how the magic really went beyond the pages. Because with this book, it did not only bring me and Fifi closer. Which I didn't even know was possible because we are as close as close can be. But we are like even more closer which was like wow that was still you know we can still go farther Mm -hmm. okay that's right but besides that i've met a new friend and her name is julia delgado she's probably listening hey girl i love you love you you, julia (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm so like delighted in meeting her because of this book. I love it's through this book. I actually met her first because she listened to like the podcast. And then I was like, I went to you and I was like, Fifi, there's this girl and I think you're friends. And yes. I just, I already want to ask her out to be in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was that instant. It was that instant. Yeah, it was friendship at first sight. Ever since then, yes, we became friends. Like the three of us call ourselves the Grisha Triumvirate without being apologetic about it. Yes, <laughs> we That's are like, very true. Unashamedly calling ourselves that. And I love it. It's highlight of my year. And I love how this book, after I put it down, it was still bringing so much magic into my life. Like, mm-hmm. excuse me? I feel like that's the effect also of like books like Harry Potter and and Percy Jackson. Like you really find a community and friends that lifelong friends. I mean, I have Percy Jackson friends. I went to a Harry Potter class in college, which I will somehow explain at some point. But that's what I love about books like this. You know, they really bring people together. Oh my God. We're talking about this book like it's super fluffy and oh yeah no (laughs) we're talking about it like it didn't put a knife directly to our necks like don't get us wrong that's true i'm glad you said that yeah we may say so many lovely things about it right now but it can get dark oh it can get very dark yeah like fifi you would say but it's not really a young adult yeah like when i first read it i was like this isn't for kids (laughs) (laughs) like this is very violent children will be scarred (laughs) and very grim like it's very harrowing like the backstory of some of the characters like not just one character most of them i feel like it's a new adult kind of hybrid that's how fifi would label it but yeah i know we're saying so many nice things about it i'm sorry if we've led you on to be like i thought this was gonna be a good experience (laughs) this is not a light read by any chance let's just say you will be in pain yes but it's a good pain (laughs) (laughs) that is the end of our spoiler free discussion for all the people who have not finished or have not read six of those and you're interested the spoiler free content ends here please go if you want to read the book go get your copy you can pause this episode it's not going anywhere and come back when you're finished it's totally fine to the spoilers (laughs) okay so now we're getting to the good stuff we can really talk about everything that happened in this book because this is now for the people who read the book again last chance to walk away people who have not read the book we are not responsible for any damages if you continue to listen to this (laughs) for any emotional damages nope we will not be held accountable yeah you could not sue us for like they spoiled me we already warned you explicitly To the people who have read the book, I just want to give you guys a warm hug, you guys. I don't think we need just hugs, you know, at this point. We need, like, therapy. When somebody tells me that they've read Six of Crows, I'm like, how are you? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, 
So the way I wanted to do this book session with you today is since it would be literally impossible and it would be three hours long to go through every single tab like I did in When Breath Becomes Air, we're gonna do this session the same way I did the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo session where I talked about the characters. Because Six of Crows is literally, like you said, a very character-driven story. Like, they are the heart of the book. Like, what's what's the plot? <laughs> so yeah, let's go through. It's gonna be a journey for us. And we're gonna talk about each of the crows. Let us begin with the ringleader himself. Lee Bardugo's masterpiece <laughs> of a character. It's not even the book. It's this character. It's this character. It's the pinnacle of her work. And that is, of course, Kaz Brecker. You know what's funny? When people tell me why they read this book, they were like, I read the back and I read Kaz Brecker and I thought it was hot. <laughs> yes! Oh my god. Okay. It's not just me. That yes. name. That name is so hot. Like, of course I'm gonna think he's hot. Like, Lee Bardugo <laughs> named him that way because it literally like, it already establishes that he's going to be this desirable character. And that he is. Like, I was looking through the book last night. Like, my little annotations upon meeting Kaz Brecker. And I was like, am I attracted to this man? <laughs> <laughs> am I in love right now? But Kaz Brecker, like we said, he is the head of the crows. He is the bastard of the barrel. I told you my first impressions. But what are your first impressions? Of course, hot. I mean, that name. But aside from that, first time he was introduced was the very iconic Kaz Brecker didn't need a reason. And that was in, in Edge's point of view. She introduced us to Kaz. But I just, I was like, this guy is a demon. Demgen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is evil. My goodness, he's a child. Well, of course, like first impressions is like, oh, this this guy went through a lot of things uh -uh. to be this man, like this boy. Yeah. Right? So yeah, I think my first impression is just this demonic <laughs> but you like <laughs> entity. But, but I am so drawn so to him. It's very because, conflicting and as an emotion. Yeah. Because he's so sexy and yeah. smart. Actually, what makes him sexy is his brain. Yeah, it's his brain. Like, the first time we meet him, he has this meet up with like another gang right mm. I, I forgot which gang it was like the introduction of how Kaz is always in a running head start yes <laughs> he's always 10 steps ahead away of everyone you know you think it's going badly and then Kaz is like he pulls something out of his hat yep he just has a bag of tricks I think there's this trope for this. Like, you know how when you watch a movie and then there's this one character you cannot by any chance fool? Like, you, oh my you God, cannot yeah. sidestep this character or like, I don't know, it's him. The invincible what trope. What is that trope? That's why it was such a shock in the end when, you know, he ended up being double-crossed by a yep. freaking merchant who shouldn't yep. know how to double-cross freaking Kaz Brecker. So that is why everybody was yelling at the end of the book. I feel like the whole time I was reading the book, I was holding my breath. Yeah. I was holding my breath until they finally get out of the ice core. Land safely back to Ketterdam, get the money from Jan Van Eck. And then I let go of that breath once they were like, okay, here, give me the money. And then at that very last, yep. I think we, it, it shook us because we didn't know Lee as a writer yet. So we didn't know how much. Yeah. 
Like, she had up her sleeve. Like, does she like happy endings? No. Is she someone who (laughs) wants her characters to suffer? Yes. Um, (laughs) Does she hate us? Mildly. (laughs) I don't know how people... Because this book was released in 2015. Yeah. We were freshmen in college. Yeah, by the way, we're like hella late to the party, but it's fine. I feel like we still have the energy of people who have been fangirling about this for like six years. But I feel like the people who read this, the ending, and and they didn't have the second book, how? (laughs) First of all, they need the therapy the most. Especially because when they did get Crooked Kingdom, oh my god. We're not going to say anything about Crooked Kingdom in case the people that are listening are haven't read it yet. You're in for a ride, guys. <laughs> That's all I will say. I say a silent prayer for people who are about to read Crooked Kingdom. <laughs> they need it. I wish someone prayed for me <laughs> when we read it. The biggest surprise I feel about Casbrecker is finding out about his backstory, his very incredibly dark backstory. Are we talking about it? Oh dear. Yes, we're talking oh about it, Sphia. <laughs> this this boy has wounds. <laughs> wounds. I know, and that's why I feel like I don't see him as like a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> Confessions, but I sympathize. <laughs> like when he gouges some guy's eyes out, I'm like, it's okay. You're going through something, bud. <laughs> But yeah, let's talk about his backstory. So his brother, Jordy. Actually, we hear about Jordy early on, early mm-hmm. in the book, but we just don't know who he, yeah. he was. Like we didn't know who he was. Like he just kept saying Jordy and we'd be like, huh? And then we find out like what happened to them and how this grudge he has with Pekka Rollins is stemmed from how they were swindled by him when they first arrived in Ketterdam as young boys and he's 17 now at this point so the revenge the feelings of revenge have been simmering for years I know you cried at this I cried no at first it was like it was just shock yeah you know I was reading it and I was like what is happening especially in that part where Jordy found out well they both found out that they were swindled yeah and then they they saw this like the stores and then the house of what was the name of the fake name, Mister? The fake name was Hurt Zoom. Yeah, of him. And then they found out. And then Jordy was in a state of denial. Yeah, about the whole thing. There was a plague. He got sick, and Kaz got sick. They got picked up by the the body man to be shipped out to Reaper's Barge, and people thought they were like he was dead. And well. When I read that at first, I was like, what is happening? Like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I was waiting for it to be to get better. Like, this at some point is going to get dirty. It's going to wake up, right? Yeah. Like, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But, oh, it just it just kept getting darker. Nope. nope. And the, the fact that this boy, like this little boy, yeah. had to be shipped with a bunch of dead bodies surrounding him. I just can't imagine... Just lying down, fully conscious, and there's just dead bodies all around me. I guess ever since then, that's what made Kaz Brecker. You know, that backstory is literally his birth story. His old self had died there, you know. 
Yeah, that's that's Kaz. Mm-hmm. I feel like one whole podcast episode can be dedicated just for Kaz. To his character. Because he's that complex. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to our next character, Miss Inej Gaffa. Oh my goodness. Inej? Inej, which is, she is the other half of the ship of Kanej. And she also has issues with like being touched because she was sold to a brothel. That was crazy. How old was she? 12? Yeah, I think around that age. I'm not sure. She, and she was sold to a brothel and she was like... She was used. She was a sex slave. Yeah. The book didn't even completely like explicitly say that, but she was. Yes. And so many moments in the book Parang I really saw that little icy iciness about her experience there. Like there was this part where they were talking about fear dance and how they were honorable. And then Inej was like, you haven't seen a fear dance in the staves. Like you haven't seen one in a brothel. Like I feel like that's that's coming from a past where she's like had a, like a bad experience oh, with someone yeah, in the true. brothel. And so Kaz and Inej, they come together when Kaz meets her. For the first time and she sneaks up on her even if she has like bells on her feet she sneaked up on like freaking has brecker and since then it was like love at first sight for the guy and it he was fate he was like oh my god you can sneak up on me i'm in love with you <laughs> you're the girl of my dreams <laughs> you are the one for me that that was his like checklist for like girl of my dreams and so ever since then, she pulled Inej out of the menagerie and brought her to the dregs and became his wraith. I love that part. There was a part that I underlined. I read it again last night where it was like, his wraith, my wraith. This was the part where he pulled out Uman's eye just because she was stabbed. I mean, not just because, but you know relationship goals hello <laughs> he was filled with such a rage that he gouged someone's eyes out. he was dying to, to his defense that was the origins of the very very triggering line which is ah i protect my investments what a fool this boy right? that's not how you flirt that's not Kaz. how you flirt <laughs> i feel like his dark past Made him skip over the adolescent yeah. boy life where he just flirts with everyone. Nope. That's his love language. Like threats. <laughs> Pulling out people's eyes for you. That's his love language. What I super duper love about Inez here in Six of Crows though is her um, her character development. We love to see it. We love to see it. I love this quote. I think this is my favorite quote out of all time in the book. And it's the the heart is an arrow. It demands aim to land true. Beautiful. I'm a moment of silence for Miss Inej Gaffa, the girl who can do no wrong. I call her a saint. Sancta Inej because she's just perfection. She is perfection. I hope she becomes a saint one day, you know? I love that she learns about this line first from her father. And parang through, all throughout the book, she was just looking for that. She didn't have that aim yet. Like, she didn't know kung saan siya lulugar. Kasi Kaz daman kasi. Like, Kaz is like, no, yes, no, yes. <laughs> and she's like, where's my purpose? Is it to stay here with Kaz Brecker and be his wraith or... She finds it. And she finds it. And I love how Inej didn't tie herself down to Kaz. Even if she knew in her heart that she had feelings for him, that she owed him so much because of, you know, the whole menagerie indenture. Like, she knew her purpose and she went for it. 
And she told him, she was like, I'm leaving. I just want to let you know that I am out to, to sail the seas. She had found her purpose. She refused to make Casbreaker her whole world. Which is very often what happens sometimes. Like in fantasy romances, when there is this like brooding man that's so wounded. And there are always char- these female characters that are so quick to be like, I will heal you. But no, she was like, there was this part where she was like, I'm not going to wait for a thank you anymore. You know, I'm done waiting around for that. I know my true purpose now. My purpose isn't to fix you, to change you. They never said that they loved each other. Yeah, they never say it. You know, classic YA, I will never tell you my true feelings ever. (laughs) They're a slow burn pairing, definitely. But... The fact that they never had to say I love you. They never had to express themselves. But, you know, when you're reading this, you felt that pull they had to each other. Let's go through that part. My goodness. That iconic Which part, part. Where she was like, I will have you without armor. Oh. Oh, my God. Let's just relive this trauma. <laughs> so, this is this is when... Cass was like, stay, you know, stay in Catterdam with me. And she was like, she looked down at his gloved hand, clutching hers. Everything in her wanted to say yes, but she would not settle for so little. Oh my God. Oh my God. First of all. Like, first of all. First of oh. all. <laughs> wow. Potentially the love of your life is asking you to stay. Yes. And it sounds so plausible for a reader. It's like, yes, girl, but... You know, if you're in that position where you find someone who you, you know, who owns your heart, you're kind of like, how do you let go? How? Yeah. Right? She had the strength, the willpower to be like, I'm not going to settle for so little. And Mm -hmm. not after all she'd been through. Especially because Mr. Kaz Brecht never appreciated this woman never said a thank you never said <laughs> your communication skills naman kasi i mean he does silently in his own brooding cell like brain yeah but kaz she can't hear you <laughs> but she has to hear it kaz. you must say words <laughs> words of affirmation like there was this part in like the early parts of the book where matthias came up to anej in the boat and he was like I'm really glad you're still alive. Thank you for protecting us. And then she was so taken mm-hmm. aback by this. She was so touched because Kaz has never. <laughs> and then that hurts. Like Jesper was like, oh, di ka sanay, no? Di ka sanay na. appreciate ka. Nagulat ka. <laughs> Ayan kasi. You have to know your worth. Yeah, that's the beauty of her character development. She really comes into her word. Mm-hmm. She said, what would be the point? He took a breath. I want you to stay. I want you to. I want you. That's the closest thing we can get. That's oh the closest God. thing. Wow. I'm shaking right now. <laughs> you can hear Kaz and the way he genuinely means this. He, he, yeah, he, like, you can. Every part of him is burning right now is yearning he is burning he is on fire saying these birds are killing him yeah yeah (laughs) and then she says you want me she turned the words over gently she squeezed his hands and how will you have me kaz (laughs) he looked at her then eyes fierce mouth set it was the face he wore when he was fighting oh my god how will you have me (laughs) 
Can I just say <laughs> that lion? He it was the face he wore when he was fighting. Oh, I crumbled. I crumbled. He's always okay. Kaz is always fighting for yeah. everything in his life. Everything, everything. The crow club, his place in the dregs, his reputation in the barrel. Like he had to claw his way up to get that bastard of the barrel reputation, and he has to fight for the girl. <laughs> Literally has to. Nothing comes easy to this man. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is just like here, Kaz. Here, have a cookie. Because everything is always taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Literally, mm-hmm. every good thing has been taken away from him. Maybe it was because his back was to her that she could finally speak the words, "I will have you without armor, Kazbrecker, or I will not have you at all." Speak, she begged silently. Give me a reason to stay. <laughs> oh my God! It's just push and pull, you know. They're like it's push and pull. Ah, uh, so young. God, Kanej, Kanej, Kanej. In the Grisha Triumvirate, each of us captain a ship. So Fifi captains Helnik, which we will talk about next. And mm-hmm. our dear friend Julia is a captain of Kanej. And I don't know how... Is she okay? She has... Julia has... Julia, hi. I am outing you. But <laughs> she has a meltdown <laughs> over Kanej every yeah. single day of her life. I feel like it's watching two walls. Like these two parallel lines that are never intersecting. Like, and with Inej, she's just so good because she never compromises her faith for anything. Oh, yeah. She's always like, I acknowledge all the nuances of my faith, of my belief, of the saints, but this is what I believe in. And, you know, nobody can trample on this because this is mine. That's her moral compass and I feel like she is responsible for like, you know, when they're getting a little bit too criminally. Yeah. <laughs> like guys? She's like, she's like, guys, let's don't understand. Let's be good people a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, I have 14 knives on me. Yeah. <laughs> but let's be good people. Yeah. She is like, they're all chaotic characters, but I would put her as like a chaotic good and then I would put Kaz as like a chaotic evil. Yeah. He is. Anyways, that is Kaz and Inej. Let's move on to the next characters. Oh, God. Fifi. Oh, my goodness. Disclaimer, everybody. Fifi is about to unravel. (laughs) I am about to crumble. (laughs) I'm about to have a meltdown (laughs) on this podcast. Oh, God. So, the next character we're talking about is a very, very special girl to the both of us. And that is Nina Zanik. First impressions. We meet her. She was not in a brothel. She was in a pleasure house for sure. But she was not, you know, using her body or anything. There was no bed there. It was just she was using... Because she's a heart render. She just uses her powers to like alter moods and make people feel better. She's basically like a therapist. (laughs) Yeah, that you don't have to talk. You don't have to talk to her. You don't have to touch her. Like, she will give you peace in your mind and spirit. Which is like, oh yeah, sign me up for that. (laughs) Yeah, sign me up for that. I would go for that. (laughs) Give me a heart render right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, she's a heart render. And I love the first conversation she had with Kaz because she was eating cake. And Kaz was like, yes. you have crumbs on your cleavage. And she's like, I don't care. I'm hungry. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> after my own heart. Girl, please speak for the, for the women. 
Nina Zenik. First of all, she's a big girl. She's plus size. And I love about that in the in the Grishaverse, like we talked about before. Now she is considered as the the desirable one. Yes, she's the beautiful one. Yeah, so as a chubby girl, I would be hot too in the Grishaverse. <laughs> yes, I would also like to go <laughs> to go live in the Grishaverse and be the desirable yes, one. Yes, <laughs> to be the ideal body type. I literally cry thinking about her. Me too. I legit have meltdowns. I cry thinking about her character and what she means to me but I feel like it's really in this part. If I don't know if your copy like you the listener. Hello. How is your experience so far? If you the <laughs> listener if your copy of the book has an interview of Lee Bardugo at the end but she said this which I really want to yell to the world. Kaz, Inej, Nina, Matthias, Wyland, and Jesper are all so different and unique from one another do you identify with a particular character more than the others and then she said there's a bit of me in all of them but i probably identify most with nina she spent her whole life being told she's too big too loud too much <laughs> oh, no. Crying. oh no i'm gonna cry <laughs> and that's basically me i just wish i'd had nina's confidence at 17 oh <laughs> there are tears in her eyes this we when we shed uh, them. Oh my god, I didn't know I needed to hear those words. A hundred percent. I have been told those words all my life. Too big for my size. Too, too loud. loud. We were always on the noisy list. Yes, we were. And we were always scolded by people because we were too loud in a restaurant or something. Or we're too loud about what we feel about things, our beliefs, and the things we love. And too much and too overwhelming. Like, I have never felt so seen in my life with Nina Zenek. My meet cute peg for like Lee Bardugo is like, thank you for giving me Nina. Like, because I'm gonna cry. <laughs> you know what? Nina is the character that I wish I had in high school. Like, I wish I met her in high school because, whoa. <laughs> I just needed that validation that you are, you can be confident. You can be anything. You can be beautiful and be big and loud. And she owns it. It's her strength. She doesn't waste her time suppressing herself or making herself feel small for anybody. Meeting Nina, I feel, is such a healing experience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. It was like a different form of like, recollection or reconciliation with myself and i didn't know that i've been aching for that kind of representation wow nina zenik you are our hero i worship you every day it's, she's our patron saint to be honest okay so let's talk about the other half of this helnik ship matthias helvar our big blonde zuko is what lee bardugo said what were your first impressions of? Of Matthias. Okay, first of all, a white man. <laughs> yeah. But of course, we were introduced to Matthias. He was in Hellgate and he was about to choke Nina to death. Yeah. <laughs> just just cute couple things. <laughs> your first guess would be, oh, this is a significant other. Because Nina stayed in Ketterdam to get him out. And he and she told Kaz, oh, she's been trying to get Matthias out. But then when we meet Matthias, he tries to kill her. And you're just kind of like, oh, Condition. this is not <laughs> your average couple. This was not the reunion we thought yeah. it was going to be. They were enemies, lovers, enemies, then lovers. They went through it twice. Oh my God. <laughs> That's right. 
Matthias, my first impression of him was like when he was choking Nina <laughs> right there and then. It really reminded me of Peter in Mocking Jay. Like whenever he saw Katniss, he would start trying to like hurt her. And I was like, oh my God, giving me Peter Katniss vibes right now. From that, I was like, okay, this is going to be a journey of like being comfortable again with one another, finding love again with each other. What I do love about Matthias is his character development. You wouldn't lose faith in him because he he came around. He came. He truly came around. Like I, that was such a joyous moment. I feel like he was reborn the moment mm-hmm. he strangled Broom to death. You know, not to death, just unconscious. One of my most iconic lines too in this book was when he said, "The life you live, the hate you feel." It's poison and I can drink it no longer. And that was like, oh, our boy. Beautiful. Beautiful. Our boy. It's like a person changing seems like a difficult concept to grasp. Yes. Especially in real life. Mm-hmm. Like change, really? True. He's, he's better. He's he's a good person. But with Matthias, it really showed me personally like, wow, people. People can change. They can change. And you can change their mind. You can give someone perspective. You can you can lend someone your lens. Especially with Matthias because he had some very <laughs> questionable views. It was very <laughs> his principles were so set in stone. Wow. It really felt like Matthias was just a mountain you can't move. With his size, with his beliefs. He honestly told Nina that you were an abomination. You're not supposed to exist. You know when I read that line, you you weren't supposed to exist? I was like, this man. (laughs) And he said it like factually. Yeah, he didn't even say it to hurt her. It was like, um, matter of fact, you're not supposed to exist. At that point, I was like, oh my god, is this... Is this going to work out? Okay, so we're going on to the next character. And our next character is Mr. Jesper Fahey. Now, he is one over two of my... This is the ship that I sail. Fifi sails Helnik. Julia sails Kanesh. I sail Wesper. Jesper Fahey. Oh my god. Sharpshooter boy. I think I can't not say that Jesper, the character, is now made perfect with Sir Kit. He is Jesper incarnate. He is Jesper. Like, he is the most perfectly casted actor in that Netflix show. I remember we hadn't seen Shadow and Boy yet. We were just watching. Oh my god, I can't believe that was only what we had at that point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we were watching them react to the trailer. <laughs> And Kit, at the end, he was like, yeah, I'd watch that. I was like, oh my god. And then when he introduced himself, he was like, my name is Kit Young. I am the overly charming Jesper Fahey. And I'm like, Uh, oh my god. (laughs) I'm screaming thinking about it because I memorized this. Now, when I went through the book again, I literally just see him. Yes. It's his face. His face, his voice. I can even see his body language. Kit, my God, you did amazing, honey. Great job, sweetie. Fifi wants to marry you. I want to marry you, by the way. (laughs) Kit Young, if you're miraculously listening to this podcast, good job. Good job, sir, first of all. Thank you for having taste, but I want to marry you. So your hand in marriage, yes, please. I can vouch for her. I've always told Phoebe this, but if there was a man 
that comes into her life. I want a cover letter emailed oh, to God. me with his needle chart, with his resume. Does Kit Young have to send a, a, a cover letter? No, <laughs> he's exempted. <laughs> He skips that whole process. You see that, Kit Young? You don't have to go through that whole line. So might as well. This is my official proposal. Your hand in marriage, please, sir. <laughs> we will go back to this clip of us talking about this in your wedding day. Yep, this is it. The origin story. <laughs> I can't believe people are hearing our delusion <laughs> right now. This is going on the internet. <laughs> my first impression of Jesper, I was suspicious. Because remember, Cass was with two people. In the first scene, he was with Jesper and Big Ballinger. Ballinger? Ball. Big Ball. And then we, we find out that Big Ballinger is this whole con man <laughs> trying to double cross Cass Brecker. And I was like, oh my god, so is Jesper? Our introduction to Jesper is like not the best way to get to know him. As we come to know him, he literally brings out all the comic relief we need from such a dark book. All the charm. What I love about this book is the banter. The way Lee writes banter is just solid gold. His dialogue is so good. Yeah. And at the heart of it is Jesper's voice. The book is a stressful experience. So he's a breath of fresh air. Oh, I have a question for you. Oh this my is a God. surprise question for Fiola. Because <laughs> it just popped into my head. Did you notice... Or what did it come to your attention that Jesper was attracted to Kaz? What? <laughs> no, are you serious? Okay, okay. This was something. I, this is the first time I'm bringing this up to Theola, guys. Yeah. This is <laughs> super new. There is this part in the first part of Six of Crows <gasps> where it was in Jesper's point of view. And then it was this whole like scene where he was looking at Inej and Kaz. And he kind of told himself that Inej knew all of Kaz's secrets. Uh-huh. And then he kind of had this inner monologue where he didn't like that. Oh. Like he didn't like how it was Inej. Uh-uh. And I was like, does Jesper have a crush on Kaz? <laughs> does everyone have a crush on Kaz? And you're like, oh my god, this is not just some platonic thing. Jesper is such a... He is ruled by his libido. He is. He is. Like I'm not trying to like mess up the ship. It's just like this like small observation and possibility. No, it's true because in everything, not just like his sexual appetite, it's also like in cards, in games, in gambling, in everything. I won't shoot that down, that idea that Jesper would have a thing for Kaz because to have a thing for Kaz is not impossible. I know this. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that, that Jesper will just like Nina flirt with a pair of shoes. And there's always this thing about Jesper, how he always has wanted Kaz to trust him, to like value him the way that he values Inej. There is that jealousy. And it's also funny because Kaz the man has this jealousy with 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 Jesper. 
because Jesper and Inej's friendship is also something that he eyes. Because, <laughs> like, Inej is so easy lang with Jesper. Kaz was jealous of him also because he would wish that it would come that easy to him to, like, just straight up talk to Inej like that. Just yep. without any right, right. of his balls. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. He right. envies that about Jesper. Like, gosh, you can just talk to her just like that. I've been thinking about something to say for the past two days. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to our next character. Wylan Van Eck. My one complaint about this book is <laughs> there were no Wylan chapters. No, we actually don't get to know Wylan as much as we would like. Yeah, we we definitely don't have a lot of Wylan material or Wesper material. That's the thing about Wesper chippers. Like, we are begging for crumbs here. Starved. Anyways, Wylan Van Eck, we find out in the book that he's actually the son of the sort of antagonist he's just i don't even want to make him a villain because he's just he played dirty and not even like in a van egg yeah van egg i hate him yeah he's (laughs) like i don't even want to give him the villain title i hate him so much (laughs) a villain is a glorified thing and i feel like what he did was just he is the epitome of a politician. Oh, yeah. What I hate about villains like that is there are villains who are like, who think what they're doing is good. And it's like, at least know that you're a villain. Yeah, at, at least know that what you're doing is wrong. When he does something wrong and he thinks that it's justified and that it's a, a, this is a good thing. It's like, oh, that's the worst kind of villain for me. Actually, with Van Eck, he, I feel like he's kind of in the middle. Because there are also villains like, for example, this is like a super far off example, but for example, Thanos from The Avengers. He genuinely believes that if he kills everybody, it's going to bring a new universe and it will sprout this like whole reincarnation for the world. And I love, I like, I love that. Like, you know, that's like, he's so like, like, this is what I believe in. This is my, like, that's such a good villain. But anyway, like, Van Eck is just, it's so selfish. It's not even Mm -hmm. for, like, the good of anything or anybody else. It's just for himself, which is another brand of villain. But it's not, like, it's, it sucks. (laughs) Rat mentality. Yeah, it's like... I, I'm not even afraid of you. I'm just annoyed of yes! you. Yes! <laughs> like, I'm not afraid of you at all. I just want to like, punch you I in the face. I know Kaz is going to do something that will make you regret your decisions in life. Yes. So I'm not exactly. scared of you, Jan Van Eck. I just... You infuriate me. <laughs> anyway, Wylan, we love you. <laughs> Wylan, we love you. This is your found family. Yes. Baby boy. I'm so glad he's out of that household. We meet him when they were all together for the first time. And it's like, this is our secret weapon. <laughs> it's Wylan Van Eck. And I'm like, who is this boy? He seems so small and he seems like the youngest one. Yeah, he's a, a baby. A little baby boy and Jesper kept picking on yeah. him. And then he said something embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, baby. Like, he was just a baby. I mean, he's my baby, to be honest. And I guess the biggest... I think we have two plot twists for Wylan in this book. And the first one is like, he can't read. Yes. That really... I was so shocked. I was like, what? Baby boy can't read. That's so unique, huh? Mm-hmm. I feel like I've never encountered a character that their struggle is that they are illiterate. 
the whole thing how his father refused to accept him because he couldn't do that. My goodness. That's another pain I have with Jan Vanek. Like, excuse me, sir. Just find an assistant who can read things for him. Exactly. Why do you have to disown him? Like, come on. Like, disgrace agad? Hello? Like, how much money would an assistant be? The book was giving me everything that I've always wanted. <laughs> you know, all in one book. It was checking everything. This was just the last thing. And they usually never deliver this. I usually have to look for fanfics <laughs> for this. But this is canon, you guys. Wylan likes girls and boys and likes Jesper. Yep. Like, <laughs> they they have a thing for each other. And I only had, like, what, three Wesper moments in Six of Crows. Yeah. But I took it and I ran with it. Yep. <laughs> it was actually, like, the fact that it was just three encounters with their supposed relationship... Made it much more precious. We were all yeah. just like grappling for it. Like, oh my god. Compared to the other, not to say anything offensive <laughs> <laughs> about the other ships. But you know, with Kanesh, it's so like, oh gosh. It's like, you feel like a dark cloud is looming. Yes. And it's like, oh my god, it's so intense here. Yes. Matthias and Nina, it's like, they want to kill each other. <laughs> it's like that song by Zane. It's like, <laughs> What's that? Paradise or a war zone? <laughs> Paradise or a war Paradise. zone. Like, enemies to lovers can be intense. Mm-hmm. But what I loved about Wesper is that it was just like a happy little corner. Yeah. Like it, just, it was just joyful. And you didn't feel as tense as the other couple. It was just like the ray of sunshine in this dark cloud of a book. <laughs> It's it's breathing room and I'm so glad that I didn't have to like find Wesper fanfics because you know it's not canon. It's canon. It's canon. It's a thing. I I don't I have never encountered like a fantasy book that would make this canon. Yeah. Actually we haven't. Maybe we just haven't been reading the the right books. <laughs> yeah, cuz I've been like on Drary for like forever. <laughs> I've been on Wolfstar in forever. Oh my god, I was so big on Sherlock and John. Yes. <laughs> my John Locke era, you guys. That was wild. I was just, <laughs> that was the peak of my gay fanfic phase. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Wyland to be casted because I know they promised in Shadow and Bone that he's going to be casted in, season in the two. next season. If they were to be a next season, that yes. he will finally be casted and Jesper will have his other half. And with the work they've done with the cast for this mm-hmm. for like every everyone is perfectly casted mm-hmm. we didn't even touch on that like how everybody was perfectly casted except for jesper but if they got everyone right my god if they're gonna find a, a wylan oh wow. my god i'm so excited <laughs> for that <sighs> we have said everything to say about all of these characters and the ships that was a trip that was a trip i feel like we've talked for two hours <laughs> But we're moving on now to this like secret part of the podcast that I would I just wanted to do to like shake things up. This is a genuine secret. I don't know. <laughs> yes, Sophia doesn't know this. I was just like, I just wanted to have like a fun little break before we go to the part where we talk about the parts we cried in. Okay, so my surprise is Six of Crows trivia quiz. Oh my god! 
I'm not ready for you, Miss Sophia Santelises. I know I didn't say anything so that you wouldn't be ready. I am not ready for this. Okay, you know what? Just shoot. Just shoot. These are okay. I would say intermediate questions. Oh no, just intermediate. Oh, I'm ready, and I'm not. But shoot. I will only give you six questions. Okay, fair. And they are exclusive for each character. So we, we had a brief. Okay, we had a really we brief. Had a yeah, 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 yeah. Earlier, we were talking about each of them. So if you get all of these correct, Sophia Santelises, I will buy you waffles. <laughs> I'm ready. I need my waffles. I need okay. them. I, I I think I'm pretty sure you can answer. I am scared. I am genuinely. I have nervous. faith in you. I am nervous. You can do this. First question is uh, an Inej question. So what was Inej's mother's favorite flowers? I know this. I know this. I know this. I know this. Wait. Wait. Let me meditate. Is, does it start with a G? Germaniums. You just... This, it is. But you just mixed a few letters up. I'm going to give you the point. I know you got it. Because you know that it's, it's it sounds like that. Okay. What is it? It's geraniums. Geraniums. Ah, you I said, said gerab- Yeah, geraniums. Geraniums. Yeah. Okay. But I'll give you that point. Okay, fair. Okay. Oh, God. That was already pretty hard. No! You can do this. Okay, second question. Kaz question. What is Kaz's real last name? Oh, my God. I know this. I know this. <laughs> I know this. Wait. I want to be sure. I have something in my brain, but I'm not you sure. Because I remember it's something complicated. Like, okay, I'm just gonna say it. Rit, Ritveld. Yes, perfect. Ritveld. Really? <gasps> oh, perfect. <laughs> I was so nervous. You got that. <laughs> Why are you so nervous? I was legit <laughs> shaking. <laughs> okay, the next question. The next question is about Jesper. What gem are Jesper's revolvers engraved with? Pearls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Matthias' question next. Mm-hmm. This is the fourth question. Mm-hmm. What type of tree is the sacred tree in Firda? Um, an ash. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, an ash tree. Ash tree. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Okay. Wow. <laughs> She's wow. genuinely so happy. <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good job. I feel like this one is a hard one. Oh, God. Fifth question. It's a Wyland question. So what is the name of Wyland's mom? You can give me a first or a last name. I remember this because I just reread Crooked Kingdom. Wait, wait, wait. I have a name in my head. Okay. But go. I don't tell me the first name yet because I want to guess. Okay. Hendrix. Yes, Hendrix. Okay, Correct. that's the last name. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got this question right. Good good job. Good job. Okay, I can't give the first name. I forget. But does it start with an M? Yes, it starts with an M. It's Maria, by the way. Maria. Okay, our very last six question. If you get this question right, you will get the waffles. <laughs> if you don't get this question right, I have a bonus question that can read. Oh my god. Okay. But this is so easy. I think you'll get Okay, this. okay. Okay. What sweet does Nina offer to Matthias on the Farallon? Oh, wait. When does she offer this? <laughs> She's like going through her mind palace right yes, now. I can see I am. like I'm just flipping like, through your yes, books in your, in I am. your head. 
This is in the Fairland. So before yeah. they got to Fierda, they were still on the boat. And he, she was like tailoring him. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> this was like what she brought the, to, the, to the journey so that she can snack on it. Phoebe, don't tell me you're not gonna get this one. No, no. I want to get it. <laughs> don't do this to me. <laughs> I have to get this, Tiola. You have no yeah. idea. Do you have something in your brain? Like, do you have? Something I have something in my mind, but I'm just not sure if that's it. Well, let it rip. You have a bonus question, Aman. But still, okay. There are two things running in my head. Okay, what's your final answer though? My final answer is... <laughs> toffees? Yes! <laughs> is it? Yes! No, is it? Yes! Oh my god! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I am genuinely... Oh she, my god! She went through my such god. a stressful Why did I think okay, over there? Honestly, I thought at first it was licorice. I was like, is it licorice? She seems like a licorice girl. I was like, no. that's not the mental picture in my brain. But it was also there. Like, I was like, it could have been anything. It could have been anything. It could have been yeah. waffles. <laughs> Yay! You got it all right. I'm gonna send you some waffles tomorrow. Oh my god, I'm so proud of you. That was a hard quiz. Kudos to you. That was pretty hard. Thank you. <laughs> now that the fun is over, we can go to where, you know, the, the highlight of our podcast. It's, a, it's the Cry Baby Book Club podcast. We have to talk about the parts that made us cry. And I'll start. I cried twice. I think I cried twice also. So the first time I cried was when with Inej and her father. This is page 136. Where he was like, shall I tell you the secret of true love? I don't know why it brought me to tears. I literally cried. Like this part, many boys will bring you flowers. But someday you'll meet a boy who will learn your favorite flowers, oh your favorite God. song, your favorite sweet. And even if he is too poor to give you any of them, it won't matter because he will have taken the time to know you as no one else does. Only that boy earns your heart. Like I was weeping. I, I don't know why I was weeping. <sighs> That was good. I feel like this is something my father would say. <laughs> yes, I feel like also. <laughs> What's so funny, earlier today, before we started, I was on call with Josh. By the way, listener, Joshua is my boyfriend. <laughs> and I was meditating on this line. I was crying a little bit. And then I turned to him and I was like, I'm going to test you. I'm going to test you right now. I was like, babe, what's my favorite flower? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he got it right. Okay, bless sunflower and then what's my favorite song and then he was like oh something by the beatles and i was mm -hmm. like yeah correct <laughs> and then lastly what's my favorite sweet i love a lot of sweets <laughs> he said reese's which i love but my heart belongs to Maltesers. but he still got it right i was like okay you're passing the tests <laughs> you passed inez's dad's test yes <laughs> you can earn my heart i guess so yeah i don't I don't know why I cried. Like, do I have... I don't know if I can... No, you don't have to justify it. It just brought you to tears. It just touched me so much. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's also the fact that Inej is literally taken away from her family. Yep. And like, her dad is great. You know, he came up with the line that the heart is an arrow 
and it demands aim to Landrew. Like, thank you, sir. You're coming up with a lot of like wisdom. Thank you. You are like the source of like most of the quotable quotes here. <laughs> but that's the first time I cried. The second time I cried, this is page 389. 89. I will wait for your reaction. <laughs> Look at the last line. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) She just knew, like... uh, I have it highlighted. (laughs) This is the part where Matthias just put Brom unconscious. And this part is such a wild ride because we see that Bigla Matthias put Nina in this like prison for Grisha. And so at the previous chapter, we were like, oh my God, here it is. You know, he's he's doing it. He's he's a traitor. He's betraying her. So I thought that was like confirmed. That's the end of the story. That this was his plan. And I'm gonna read the line. Read it. Just read just, it. He says it first in Fearden, which I will try to attempt. <laughs> he says, Jer mole pe une. Inel Mord Jenej Afva Trohem Vevet translates to I have been made to protect you. Only in death will I be kept from this oath. <gasps> That's like, it. That's, oh wh- ha- you don't have to explain. Again, this feels like something my father would say. Yeah. <laughs> Matthias Helvar is just Viola's dad. True. I feel like when someone says those words to you, it's like, we're getting married tomorrow. Yes. But yeah, this this line. I feel defined the Helnick relationship. Ooh, so true. This is it. Like, I have been made to protect you. <laughs> and it's so significant. Especially in the next book. <laughs> How about you, Sophia? What are the parts in the book that made you cry? Well, I also cried twice. Ooh. First one was actually, this was in a flashback of Nina. Oh. It was a Nina flashback with her teacher, like her mentor, Zoya. If you guys have read Shadow and Bone, you know Zoya very well. It's a sharp tongue. Yeah. So she tends to say things that are that, yes. that can hurt. <laughs> um, but she said, she told Nina, you need to learn to be less big. You're too loud, too effusive. Too memorable and you take too many risks. I don't know why I cried. I baby cried Mm -hmm. in this, like with this line in page 166. Such a Sophia Santalisis moment, to be honest. Yeah. I was like, wow, I feel called out. Feel targeted. I feel seen. I feel like it was like a big at Fifi. Like, are you talking to me, Zoya? Problema mo sa akin, Zoya. Ano ba? Nagpaparinig ka ba? Yeah. What did I do to you, Zoya? But yeah, I baby cried. I was like, oh my goodness. Why do you feel like you cried at that part? I don't know. Because I feel like it was a big like target on my forehead. <laughs> yeah. These are the things that people see in Nina that are flawed. Yeah. And parang, I guess it was like a relating moment, if Mm -hmm. I may say. (laughs) It's seen as such a flaw to be all that. To be loud Mm -hmm. and big. And I mean, we've talked about this a while ago, but I've never read about a character like this. True. Ever. I mean, I'm not saying I've read a lot of books, but I've read quite a few. But this is the first time I've read such kind of representation because some like many, many plus sized characters in different books are, are described to be shy 
and you know trying to make themselves smaller smaller because of what society is trying to dictate them to do but with Nina she's just like nope even if Zoya literally told her those words she's like ah uh, this is me thanks thank you <laughs> thank you thank you for that but this yep. is who I am and that's why we love Nina we love Nina we love her the second time is we already mentioned this page, 434, when Inej and Kaz, the big Inej and Kaz scene, especially the part that she said everything in her wanted to say yes, but she would not settle for so little. Whoa. <laughs> there were tears. I was like, girl, it was more of like a hype girl tears, <laughs> you know, where it was like, yes, you do you, bestie. Like, bestie, yes. <laughs> Just proud of her. That really, that development in Inej talaga, in this book, however few, like, the Kanej moments are, they always thing, you know? This really set up the whole Kanej ship and especially with how this ended pa Inej already made up her mind I'm going Kaz you know when once we get the money I'm going like unless you give me a reason to stay and then in the end Jan Van Eck takes her girl takes her girl excuse me sir and this just lights a fire in Kaz and it's like he is angry scrumptious like oh get mad boy get mad I think this is why in Crooked Kingdom it kind of affected us more than it did this book because this is where we got to know them and where the attachments were being formed and then when we get to Crooked we're just like I will protect yeah. these people I will die for them. I will jump in front of a train for them. <laughs> so, which is why it, it served more pain. Brilliantly done. Ah. That is all for our wow. book session. Libardugo, I would like to thank you for just giving this book in general. Like, wow. Forever indebted. We love you, but please pay for our therapy. Yes. <laughs> I will give you my GCash. <laughs> please fund transfer because I need I need the help. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. Six of crows. That is all for book session number three. Thank you so much, Fifi, for joining us. I'm so happy you're my first guest. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor, Miss Diola. I'm so happy that everybody gets to meet you now. And that's what I love about doing all these guests, having them come to the show. Because first of all, it's not fun to talk by yourself about a book. <laughs> and at the same time, like the way I'll be doing these guest things is I'll be inviting friends that I'm so excited for my listeners to meet. Yes, I am so excited. When it comes to the people I love, I just want to scream to the rooftop like, this is this person. Isn't she great? Like... <laughs> That is the whole theme for me bringing in guests. Like, I can't wait to bring Julia. Yes! I'm so excited for that episode. Yeah, she's gonna come to the show soon. We're gonna talk about House in the Cerulean Sea. But that's oh my later God. on. But I have to yes. read it pa. Look forward to guestings. Um, If you want to talk about Six of Crows some more, feel free to DM me at the Crybaby Book Club on Instagram. Or you can comment on my most recent post. It's a safe space for Six of Crows spiraling. Fifi and I will interact with you literally we will yes we will reply and cry with you and post process <laughs> with you we have a lot of energy for, <laughs> for oh six my of god those. yes 
So yeah, if if we left something out, if you wanna talk about anything, if you have violent reactions towards anything we said, leave it all there. Or if you're shy, just DM me. That's totally fine. The next book we are going to talk about on book session number four is gonna be, of course, the next book after Six of Crows, which is Crooked Kingdom. And I'm not gonna say who the guest is yet. Oh my, because I don't wanna say it until I finished recording. It. I'm freaking out. I'm actually. Yeah, it's actually like the highlight of my life that this person said yes to being a guest to the show and it's on Crooked Kingdom which is my favorite in the duology pa. So I'm not gonna say anything because I don't want to jinx it but look forward to the next episode. Yeah, we're reading Crooked Kingdom and you still have time to get yourself a copy and read it before the next episode. Fifi, if you would like to plug anything, I'll plug it. You know, I'll do it. Shh. I basically own the Sofia Santelis's wiki page. I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just in case you saw it at some point on the internet. So you can follow her on Instagram at Fifi Easter Girl. And she also has a lovely, lovely little small business. Two actually. First is Soltera. How do you spell your URL? S-O-L-T-E-R-A dot A-K-O. A-K-O. I'll make sure to leave her links of course Yay. in the description. And in her post that I'll be doing. You could buy some beads from Soltera. Because <laughs> if you've seen me wear beads like in all of my me matching outfits with my books oh my god yeah <laughs> all the beads i'm wearing is from soltera, soltera i'm queen. wearing her beads right now i wear it every day um also she has kale's casina where she will be opening up again soon yeah very soon kale's casina which is c-a-l-e-s-k-u-s-i-n-a mm -hmm. so that is where she sells her big goodies cookies and cakes <laughs> and even some savory stuff like lasagna and whatnot and of course she has a book tube now we're so oh excited God. about it you've probably heard me talk about it many times already <laughs> if you follow the podcast on instagram it is what is your youtube url my youtube url is youtube.com slash isla girl so that's i s l a girl <laughs> Yes, so she will be posting a lot more book content. So if you're, you know, getting tired because I'm not posting a lot. <laughs> <laughs> because it takes so long for me to post a new episode and you just need more book content in your life. Definitely go check out her YouTube channel. Thank you. So yeah, is there anything else that I've missed? No, no. you've covered everything. You're my social media manager. I told you. <laughs> I wrote the wiki page <laughs> for Sophia Sandalises. Oh, she has a, you what? have Boo Bear. What? You have your bookstagram. Oh, right. <laughs> How did you remember? And I forgot. These are book people we're talking to. Yes, I think that's the most relevant. She has a bookstagram at Fifers. Yes, it's F-E-E-F-E-R-R-S-S. That's that's difficult, but <laughs> I hope you got that. I'll put, I'll <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm like I'm linking in there. So yeah, those are all the ways you can reach her. Yeah, just DM me, guys. Let's be friends. <laughs> of course, if you wanna reach me, you can always reach me on the Instagram of the Crybaby Book Club, which is just at the Crybaby Book Club. And I also have a personal Instagram that you could follow if you'd like. I post some dog stuff sometimes on my stories. <laughs> it's at Ola Theola. So that's all for the show. Thank you so much, Fifi, again for coming. Thank you for having me, Boo Bear. This was a healing experience, Boo Bear. I know. I feel like we needed this. Ah, yes, yes. Anyways, thank you so much. So long, bookworms. Till next time. 
please go find yourself a warm beverage to soothe yourself and maybe a human or a pet to hug. We're always sending you love and light. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.